New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm hosting Dr. Isaac Bentwich, and he is the translator of a new version of the Bhagavad Gita. The book is called Gita, A Timeless Guide for Our Time. Dr. Bentwich, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. I'm pleased to be here. I'm pleased to have you. May I call you Isaac? Please, I insist. (laughs) Great. Thank you. You know, there's so much that we could talk about with the Gita and with this beautiful translation that I must say really makes it available to people more than any other. I mean, I really, when I went into it, I thought, oh, this is profound. And I had no idea until I read this. Thank you. Uh, Yes. So... I know that you say that the three main points of the Gita are, one, our daily battlefields. The Gita talks about Arjuna talking about going into a battle, but it's really about our internal battlefields. So our daily battlefields, that's one. Life as a spiritual journey, that's two. And three, seeking happiness within. Can you enlighten us as to what that all means? Well, you know, I I really think that the the Gita, while it is a text, a a poem that uh, describes a battle of an Indian prince uh, centuries ago, I say that it's really a a spiritual autobiography in that it directly applies to me and you. We are the prince or princess in this story. And it is our journey and our inner quest and our dialogue with a God who is not a wrathful God on a cloud, but rather the inner voice of our heart. And so by applying the Gita and listening to it as it truly is, a guide for living life wisely, for using life as a stepping stones on our inner journey, and as you've pointed out, always remembering to take the focus from outside within. It's not an outside battle that we have. It's the battle with our demons and angels within and this uh, evolution, this journey inwardly. In that respect, reading the Gita, I say, is also a spiritual cliffhanger. It really keeps you at the edge of your feet if you open your heart to it, going round and round with some repetition. But these are uh, repetitions that are like water pounding over rock patiently melting the stone around our heart and then opening it uh, to these uh, truths that then flow from within. The way that you've arranged it, you call it the prince, Arjuna. You don't call him Arjuna in there. Right. You've named him the prince. Yeah. And then he's with the master, who's Krishna, yeah. the incarnate god. Yeah. What's so wonderful about it? Well, two things I want to mention. One is... Arjuna, or the prince, is asking the very question we all (laughs) ask about our lives. What's it all about? (laughs) What's the spiritual path? What's the material plane? What's going on? And how do I deal with it? So throughout these 700 verses, 
which is very short. You know, it's not a long, long book. That's it's right. very short, but profound and dense in its wisdom. And the other thing is that it's done in poetry. So it has a way of resonating with us, not from our intellect and our rational brain. It's more heart-centered. That's right. And, you know, I've, I've been working on this uh, translation for 12 years, and it was really a journey of uh, peeling layers, uh, like uh, layers of an onion, uh, if you will, only sweet in this case. <laughs> of mythology and terminology. Um, I first met the Gita and actually hated it. I did not uh, connect to this Indian mythology. And realizing that underneath these uh, layers, it's really an eye-level uh, dialogue allowing us to be the prince or princess, having this friendly chat with God, which is the uh, inner voice of our soul. And so the music of it is really an important part. You know, it reminds me a little bit of two things. Gibran's a prophet, and yep. we all love that. And the other one is Solomon's Song of Song. Yes. Why we love that, because that's part of the Bible that sings rather than preaches. I was really shocked and taken by this poetry and, and song. It, it's only after many years of reading and enjoying the, the Gita that I uh, began to fully grasp this aspect of it. The name, uh, literally, Bhagavad Gita, is divine song. Pause and think about it for a moment. It's really sort of shocking. It's not a text of God or the lecture of God or the charities uh, of, of God. It is the song of God. Why is it so? Because profound truths are not grasped by the intellect. In fact, it may be shocking to uh, hear this. It is the intellect that is stopping us from realizing the most profound truths. The most profound truths are beyond our ego and intellect and emotion. The Buddha was asked by one of his uh, students uh, a question, tell me about uh, the high reality. And the Buddha was silent. The disciple said, why aren't you answering? The Buddha says, I've just answered. <gasps> it is the silence that encapsulates the uh, truth. We know this from our scriptures as well, don't we? At the Mount of Sinai, when the scripture, the Old Testament is given to man, there is a thunder and there is lightning and then there is silence. And the scripture says, and God is not in the thunder and not in the lightning, it is in silence. So this was written, the deep uh, mystical or deeper truth is not just about rock climbing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the true wisdom is within and is beyond intellect. And so the Gita, through this format of song, like other poets, allows us to reach uh, deep in what true wisdom is, and it is beyond words, and song conveys it better. That reminds me of one part of the Gita, when Arjuna, the prince, yeah. asks of the incarnate God, yeah. I want to experience the divine directly. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, are you sure? <laughs> you know, I mean, and there's this part where God just shows, at least partially, but it's so immense yeah. that I think Arjuna is saying, okay, okay, let's go back to the, the other part. Do you yeah. know what, yes, what yes, I'm talking it's in, about? Yes, it's in the 11th uh, chapter, and it follows the 10th chapter, which is this poetic, it's part of the second 
path of the Gita. Gita has three paths, which is really important for us. The first path is the path of action. How do I act? What's the art of acting wisely in the world? This is the starting point, which suits us just well. You know, just you and me, we live in this world. We're barely hanging in there. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's really bad. So how do we act well in the world? What's the art of it? How do we make each day count, each action, not degrade us, but elevate us? Then comes the path of the heart, the path of devotion, of faith, of intention intuition of a feminine uh, energy, by the way, that which goes beyond the intellect. And it is there that this 10th and 11th chapter, the Gita is saying, open your eyes. Don't go into secluded meditation. Look around. See the smile of the children. See the blossoming of the flowers. See the fire. See the sun. See the, the brook. I am all that. I, the divine, am all that. We begin our journey thinking, I'm a, an isolated wave. We end up awakening to our deeper truism. Uh, yes, there is this wave, this body, this mind. I am water itself. I am ocean itself. We see that by looking around and seeing this unity around us. And every single one of us has experienced this. There are moments where we see a beautiful sunset or we experience love and this isolation sort of melts a bit. The Gita invites us to take this all the way and to help it make the, the center of our life. Not an isolated body-mind, ego-driven, intellect encapsulated, but a spirit that is free and that is at one with the unity around. What I'm feeling as you're talking is that as we become more familiar with the advice and with the yes. direction that's given to yes. us in the Gita, we're learning to expand our capacity to, exactly. to hold this immensity, to hold that unity, to hold that idea that, oh, we're not just this body and just this person that stands alone. Even to hold is not a good enough description of it because who is to hold and what? And so there's this uh, verse in the Gita that describes this beautifully, saying, like sun, I shine onto all beings. Could I shine onto anyone more? But my devotees reflect my light for they have opened heart's door. Such beauty. So There's it's not nothing, about holding. It is it's not about holding. Can you hold on to sunlight, to rays? Can you make light be there? Yes, we are in darkness at times, and so we're in pain. These are merely times where the door of our heart has been closed. There is immense, unlimited light of oneness, of God, of consciousness, all around us, encapsulated by ego and intellect, by our fears and our memories and our desires, which we begin thinking, that is me. Uh, that's, and that's all. that's very I've, limited. Yeah. It's like living in a cabin in the darkness, complaining of the darkness, where all we need to do is open the door of our heart. I just want to end with your making a little description because I know you love to talk about the Gita as these pearls of wisdom. And if we could end with that. 
Yeah, the Gita's 700 verses have been likened to a, a string of 700 pearls of wisdom, each pearl independent and each one relating to the pearl before and after it. And I find this analogy really accurate because indeed as these smooth pearls of wisdom in their poetic form with the melodiousness we let them roll around in our mind and they really do their thing. You cannot do anything really. Just let them roll around in your mind and do their thing. This is the invitation. Oh, thank you so much. There's so much more we could talk about and I just encourage people to look up the book and how you guide us through all of this and really it's a wonderful translation. It got me into it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I've been speaking with Dr. Isaac Bentwich, and he is a physician by training and a yoga teacher and meditation teacher, and he lives in Israel. He has done this translation of the Gita called Gita, A Timeless Guide for Our Time. And if you want to know more about his work, you can go to his website, newgita.com, new, N-E-W, Gita, G-I-T-A, Com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms, and I thank you for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.